We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen... You can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Another week, another episode of the Corner Podcast. By now, you know, Kel Dansby here with old man Andreas Hale. And this week, we give you a nice full show. You guys, you know, we've been a little bit on, on the lighter end of things. Uh, we've been running out of time, been busy. Andreas is still busy. All the crazy uh, announcements from the zone. We'll get into that in this podcast. We're going to talk about the UFC. We might touch on this Mayweather versus Khabib nonsense. I know you love that, Dre. No. <laughs> so we, we got a ton of stuff to talk about. But let's start off like we always do in the world of pop culture, the Twitterverse, 
and what's going on. It's something that you know caught my eye, Dre, that I, I wanted to talk about because I, I feel like we've seen or we know people or we've gone through these type of situations where, you know what, you just kind of get tired of somebody. Uh, we've been rocking with this show for four years. You haven't gotten tired of me, which is amazing. But Diddy just got tired of Cassie, and he was like, you know what? You turned 30. You're, you're kind of old now. Time to re-up for a new model. And he went and got him some 24-year-old Asian model. So yeah. I can't be mad at I can't be mad at Puff right now. He he did the he did the re-up. But my question to you is, when is it time to just be like, you know what? Yeah, I think this isn't working out. Cause I, I feel like pre- marriage you you had to tell a lot of women like you know what it's safe for you ma and i gotta cut you from the roster how do you in your infinite wisdom tell the people to break up with their girl man i don't know man like I, i'm not good at that I, like i wasn't <laughs> good at that like that whole breaking up thing like i just i just wasn't good at it so you know you, you were just ghosting people before it was a thing yeah, I was. Um, <laughs> Dre's yeah. here one day, gone the next. Well, yeah, I mean, it was that, you know, once upon a time before, you know, I entered into a marriage and a long-term relationship with the mother of my child, I was a grimy motherfucker. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I would just really, when time was up, I just didn't tell people time was up. It was up to them to figure it out. It was like a game of Clue. Like, I would leave, like, <laughs> little details here and there. Like, I wouldn't return your calls anymore. Like... You know, I come from that era where, you know, you used to be on the phone for, like, mad long, like, before texting was popping. So it was like, oh, I'll just be on the phone with you for a long time. And then, you know, once the goods were given up, I had no use for you. So it was peace out. Or if I was with you for a while and, you know, and that wasn't it, I just moved on to the next one. I know, man. A lot of people are going to be like, man, I can't believe that you were that grimy. That's that's a filthy animal right there. You are a savage. But they should know. The throwback pictures with the curls can't trust the light-skinned guys with the curls uh yeah i truly truly was um man i wasn't a good guy I, i'm sorry I, could, I just would never break it to him be like hey you know this isn't working out it would turn like i said if people have listened to this show i've had chain like a girl snatch my chain i don't had <laughs> girls try to steal my keys i've had i've had all kinds of stuff like that happen to me it never ended like it was like oh it's amicable it never happened so you would be better to tell people than I would because it's been a long time since I've been in the game. But when I was in the game, I didn't play right. Even though on my Hot Takes podcast, I advocated for ghosting people, which, which there's a time and place for that, right? But to me, I've always been good at breakups. I'm, I've always been like cool with my exes. I never leave on a bad note. Um, I mean, until I guess that's how I know that my fiance and me, like we're in it to win it. Because I completely, I don't care if I'm nice, if I'm cool, I don't keep up with my exes no more. But before her, that was my thing. Like, I, I would always still be super cool with all of my exes. And it was kind of weird. Like, yeah, see, people make that sound. Like, what? It's like, yeah, like, on, on some, yo, I still talk to your family type shit. Like, we, we were cool, my exes would pop back up randomly, they hit me up when they in town. Or, like, it was still way too cool. Yeah, what's wrong with you? I don't know. I've always been that guy where, like, yo, it doesn't work, but, like, we, she might be tight for, like, maybe a month, two months, but I hop back in and be like, hey, what's up? How you been? Or, hey, I saw this. I was thinking about you. And they fall, boom, right back into the trap. 
but not a full-fledged relationship trap, just cool enough to hit me up when they're in town. So I, that, that was like my role before. And it was, and I've always been on the, oh, cool, you got a man? God bless. We don't got to talk for a second. As soon as they break up, hey, what's up? Oh, you talk? We're having a relationship. Oh, well, that didn't work out. All right, cool. So I, you know, I was respectful. Like, yo, you got a man? Stop talking to me. But outside of that, nah. When, when my exes were single, they were right back in the mix. I've, I've always been friends with exes. Regardless, like, any woman I've dated or I guess when I was a horrible person in my prior life and, like, with the mother of my children. And that was, like, a high school relationship. So there was, like, tons of cheating and shit. So, like, any girls I talked to in high school and messed around with or blah, 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 I was cool with all of them. I've never, like, been the guy to just end a relationship on a horrible note till kind of recently. There's some girls now that can say they hate me. Prior to, like, 2015, nah, no girls would even wish wish bad upon me. Yeah, you're wild. I left them more bad notes than Alicia Keys, bro. Like, it, it was... <laughs> I, I just, yeah. There was never... Like I said, there was never a situation where I was like, man, this we could still be friends. I hated all my exes. Probably still do. Damn. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. That I means just, they hate you. Like, if you hate them, that means to this day, they see you, and you'll be like, yeah, you, you'll be on someone's Twitter page, or you're doing your show or something, and people will be like, you know what? I hate his ass. Like, somewhere random. Yeah, probably. I mean, <laughs> you know, I need to grow up, but uh, not today. This guy holds grudges. The other aspect I feel like we can relate to on this uh, topic with Puff dropping Cassie for a younger woman and the younger version of herself is not necessarily with us per se, but I feel like we might have some stories with some people very close in our lives. And mine is with my father. And I've heard tidbits of, of wildness from your dad. And I feel like maybe this would be in the same mold where my dad is a habitual dater of women my age or younger. Never in my life has he been with someone older than me. Well, maybe one chick, she was two years older. Outside of that, everyone's been my age or younger. To this day, if my dad is dating someone, she'll be like 25, 26. And he always got nicknames. He'd be like, yo, my young gunner called. Like, how old is young gunner, Pops? 22. Like, yo, Pops, what the fuck are you doing with a 22-year-old? It's ridiculous. If anybody follows my IG, like, you can tell. Like, my pops looks like he's 25 still. Like, my pops looks younger than me. But that's no excuse to be dating these young whippersnappers. I mean, my dad does the same thing. Like, look, <laughs> my dad, my pops, like, I don't think anybody listening to the show has known my pops. But, like, my pops, he just dates young girls. Like, not even girls, women. They're, you know, they're, they're younger than me, right? So, he'll say... He'll tell me that he went out with a girl. This was this was recent. He went out with a girl, and he was pissed. He was pissed because she kept taking pictures of her food with her phone, like and put posting on. He was like, "What is that? Instagram?" I was like, "Yeah, pop. People take pictures of their food and put it on the phone." And he's like, "What's wrong with these bitches?" And that's that's my pop, right? <laughs> I was like, "You ain't got time for me. You take a picture of your food. That's I'm like, this is what you get for dating a young bro, like." Grow up, fool. Like, what are you doing? But that's that's how my pops rolls. Like, he wants to date all the young chicks. And when the young chicks don't give him what he wants, then he acts like some kind of savage. And it's like, it's your fault, pops. D- date somebody, like my wife always says, date somebody who's age appropriate. Like, dating somebody who's younger than me is, it's weird. My dad so, has never gotten that memo. He was out here for the summer league. And 
I had to show him how to use Instagram because he's out here coaching summer league or whatever. I had to show him how to use Instagram. Why? Because some young chick told him he needs an Instagram. He got Snapchat like three years ago. Why? Because he was messing around with some like 21-year-old Asian who was into raves and was about to come out here for like EDC and shit. He was like, do you know what this what this uh, EDM festival is? I was like, yeah, I know EDM music. You know, he was like, it's a specific thing. I was like, Pops, EDC? He was like, yeah, yeah, same shit. I was like, Pops, it, it, it's not going to work. Like, and he's, he's one, he's never been married. I don't think my Pops will ever get married. Usually, he's messing with like three or four women. And my fiance thinks it's weird now, but anyone knows me, my Pops is way too, way too normal with me. Like, our relationship is, if you didn't know we were father or son, you would think we're like brothers or some wild shit, because he'll tell me everything without me requesting to know. I'm just like, oh, God, like, all right, Pops. Like, yeah, cool. And he'll just tell me random, like, yo, Pops, what are you doing? Well, yo, you know the chick from, like, downstairs and across the street? Mind you, I've never met this one. Be like, downstairs and around the street? Like, he'll be like, yo, yeah, yeah, uh, young Badu. I'd be like, yeah. Yo, nickname for everyone. I'd be like, yeah. But well, she was here last night, and blah, blah, blah. That's why Sonny should call. And then, you know what she does? And I'm like, oh, my God. So my pops, it's weird. We got role reversals. I'm a habitual, like, relationshipper. And my pops is forever single. And just running through everything, moving. Everything. So I'm like, yo, I, pops, I never got to be single again. You got enough single for the both of us. And it's he got the he got the puff mentality. My pops and puff went to short diversion. My pops and puff went to middle school and high school together, uh, Mount Saint Michael's in New York. And my godfather is best friends with both of them independently because uh, they don't get along. My pops and puff, but my godfather is puff's best friend, and puff was his best man, and my dad was his best man at his wedding. Um, so there's kind of like a tie in there. I was like, yo, for someone who doesn't like him or don't do it like y'all have a lot of same traits i was like you only date young women you just hop from here to there there was an affinity for spanish women now puff is into the asians i was like it's crazy to watch and i can understand only because my pops does this shit routinely and just like your pops just tells me way too much and the way my pops talked i talked about it called uh the what he got like a nickname for the thick girls he'd be like oh yeah this chick I hooked up with she was chops. I'm like pops, like you know, 160 pounds. Everybody's chops. So, like, I'm like yo, girl. Like the fair share of women in this world are weighing you. Like what are you doing? So he just tells me everything. He dated a porn star recently, like three years ago. I can never watch her in a porn ever again. Like he's just effectively ruining shit, just off of dating younger women. So well, that's that, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's horrible, man. So I, I feel like the Puff thing, when I saw the news today, I was like, listen, I can't even comment it, can't talk shit about it, because my dad does the same thing. So I pop up, and I possibly dating a 24-year-old Asian next week, just like Puff. It's crazy around here. Um, let's talk about stuff now that we can't necessarily relate to, but you touched on the timeline a little bit today. I saw you checking out the revived beef between Drake and Pusha T. Yeah. I I like where this is going. I still think Drake took the L, but I, I like learning little tidbits of information. If we're not going to get it in a song, I don't mind going on. Well, this is kind of hypocritical of me, but they didn't start a podcast to talk shit. At least they're going on podcasts to talk shit. 
And Drake went on the joint with LeBron and the TV show and Pusha T's on Joe Bunnin's podcast. And we're getting the, the tidbits and the little info on how they got dirt on each other, allegedly. Yeah, this thing's a mess, man. And it's, it's gotten to the point where I don't know who to believe anymore. And I'm getting to the point where I, I really don't care to that much. <laughs> but it is it is entertaining to a degree to see, you know, now Push is saying that it wasn't uh, Kanye, that this was all uh, 40's fault that he knew about uh, the baby. And I'm kind of, I don't know, man. Like I think he's trying to drive a wedge in there. That That's I, classic heel work. That's what I'm saying. Like, it feels like, you know, it's just, you know, yeah, like you said, classic heel works. Man, I don't know. But it it is entertaining. I just hope nobody gets hurt. And I know, like, this cast to say there's no rules to beef, but I I still am of that mindset that I believe there should be certain lines that you don't cross. I still think the line with 40 is a line he shouldn't have crossed. So you agree with Drake there, where that was too far in the beef? Yes, I agree that somebody who's defenseless and has, you know, and and could be passing away, because... Let's just say 40 passes away tomorrow, multiple sclerosis. That line doesn't look good anymore. It looks really bad. And I know. I mean, it's unfortunate, but the line is still what the line was supposed to be. I have no problem with that line. I'm just, me, I'm just like, you know, take it out on the rapper. I mean, yeah, there's collateral damage and shit like that, but. uh, I don't know, man. That's that's just one that and it, and me, you know, like Drake says, he's a hip hop historian. Obviously, like I come from this and I understand I've seen a lot of battles that went too far. Like we've seen because it wasn't just Tupac and Biggie. There were other people who got into fights off of beef as well and right. saying things they shouldn't have said. So there are lines. And, and the, here's the thing. There's rules to this if you don't want to get fucked up. I guess that's the better way to put it. But which like, great beef didn't step over that line? Well, see, there's beefs that step over the line, but I'm saying, like, there's some that if something happens to you, then it went too far because of that. Like, you you did a little bit too much, and it cost you, you know, an injury, somebody getting beat up. Like, <laughs> these things can go too far. But if you don't care, like, if Pusha really doesn't care, then I guess it's whatever. I mean, but, with, Drake's not really going to do, like, gunplay. Maybe, like, some people around him take it too seriously and want to, like, get a little frisky, but... Like, outside of that, once again, if you just say, yo, we're keeping on wax, but I'm going to air it all out, then what the hell can you do? That's hip-hop. That's also the issue. Like, there is this false reality that things are really, truly kept on wax. And they're really not. Like, they're really not. I just saw Jay-Z and Nas hug another day. Yeah, that was Jay-Z and Nas. And even that went far. I mean, and that went far on a different level, because it wasn't necessarily far. It was just kind of like... Super, in the baby yeah, stars. super ugly was was pretty damn far. Yeah, but it wasn't it, it wasn't wishing it wasn't suggesting that your friend's gonna die. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like he was just stating a fact. Like if we we're just being true, like the line wasn't lying. He didn't wish death upon the man. The the man is relatively on the clock. Like it's a disease where you you're not really long for this earth. Yeah, but I just I personally feel like that's in bad taste. If you care about where the beef can go. Like, when you talk about, like, Biggie and Tupac weren't killed by each other. They were killed by people who rode for them entirely too hard, more than likely. In this situation, I'm not saying, because first of all, I don't think there's anybody that rides that hard for Drake that's going to run up on anybody who's a fan of pushers. I don't think that's necessarily the case. But beefs, they they can go too far. They can go too far, and feelings do get hurt. But beefs are supposed to hurt feelings. Don't get me wrong. Beefs are supposed to hurt feelings. And if you... 
if there is reconciliation, I don't think there's any reconciliation between Pusha T and Drake. You don't this, think this is going to be buried? There's no, no Jay Z and Nas, or you know Meek Mill and Drake coming out on stage three years after type jump. No, because and the reason I say that is because this beef is so stupid to begin with that it's gone too far to the point where there's no turning back. Because if you ask them, I mean, like the, like Joe Budden asked Pusha, and Pusha's kind of like, I don't really know. Like, when you have a beef with somebody that you're so mad at that individual that you can't remember where the shit started, <laughs> there's probably no turning back from there. Like, yeah. the beef is the beef. Yeah, I think it just started with Pusha just, like, taking shots at Drake's style. But that's what I'm saying. Right. See, you don't even know. The, the, the origins of this beef had it just It started on Exodus, right? It, it was Lil Wayne and Pusha T. Lil oh, Wayne yeah. was talking about making Bape look good. And Pusha took exception to that. Because Babe at the time was like a Virginia type thing. And you know, Wayne was, he wasn't a culture poster, but he was just kind of hawking things that were happening across the states and, and using it for himself. Pusha took exception to that. And that's where that particular beef started. And then Drake had Wayne's back. And really, I don't know where the shit went south, but that was it. These two are beefing over fucking Babe. Under the Wayne. <laughs> So that's why I say that there's really no turning back on a feud like this because nobody's going to come to the room and say, look, guys, you're beefing over something really stupid. And they'll both go, yeah, you're right. I think it's 10 years too goddamn long that they're not going to look back and say anything. They're just still going to hate each other's guts. Oh, yeah. I think we're just in the middle of it. Like, I think it could get uglier before it gets better. And Yeah, and that's, that's, the, th- that's the only thing I'm, like, concerned with is, like, it's kind of dumb at this point. I, I know people are looking for something, but they're – Who's the winner in this at this point? And who cares? Yeah, I mean, the, the winner is us. The winner is podcast. The winner is Twitter. Like, yeah. that, those people are the winners, right? Like, it's not going to make Drake any more famous. No, like, he's as famous as he's ever going to get. It's really and not going to make Push that much more. I mean, Push killed them on wax, and it really did nothing. Like, Drake didn't stop selling albums. Push didn't sell any more albums. Like, it, it was just... Here today, gone tomorrow. And, and that's always the issue with... Well, that's the issue with things like this. I think Styles P went on Hot 97 and made it very clear. He was like, look, Drake, you're in a beautiful place. Don't come down here with us where the filthy shit happens. <laughs> you ain't about and, that way. Yeah, and, he, and he's, he's right. Like, Drake, as much as he studies battle rap and as much... I'm a, and like I said, I like Drake's music. Scorpion, too goddamn long. But I like Drake's music. And I have liked Drake's music for quite some time. However... This is not, like, if you're sensitive, this is not where you want to be. No. Like, like Jay-Z's the king of subliminals, and Drake is, has taken that part into account. Like, he likes to throw subliminals. But when somebody catches your subliminal and calls you full out, and then it's like, and especially when he was your favorite rapper once upon a time, like, Pusha was one of Drake's favorite rappers. Now he feels a kind of way about it. And when you feel a kind of way about it, and then you get a little sensitive, this isn't necessarily the place for you anymore, buddy. Move on. You I gotta... feel like Drake liked way too many rappers back in the day. Like uh, Joe Budden used the sound bit of him saying Joe Budden's like one of the dopest. Now push your T. You got the microphone shit. It's crazy. I mean, I don't want to say that Drake's like a, a groupie. He's like, like a fanboy you know, for a second. Well, he's been like a fanboy with everything, right? Like he's a fan of sports. He's a fan of sports teams. Like yeah. he, this is what kind of what Drake does. The Aaliyah thing. He is very like fanboyish. Yeah. So it's. Again, it's, it's just like when you're in this realm, it's like, and then you got somebody with nothing to lose, and you kind of got everything to lose, eh, maybe you should just tap out. 
like I respect what he said on the shop. Like a lot of people saw it as whining. I, I re- understood his his position on Kanye because he idolized Kanye at one point. Because Kanye, but Kanye's never liked Drake. If we could be really clear, Kanye, I don't think is ever, ever, ever like Drake. Well, Kanye's a whole different beast. He's fragile. I think maybe he felt threatened. He was threatened. Drake was all up in his lane. Yeah, when Drake came out. He was all in his lane, and Drake basically bodied Kanye's lane. And Drake and, and Kanye is clearly always toyed with Drake. And you know, like it's. That that's where the beef really is. Pusha is not really the beef that you want. The yeah, point, the Drake want wants to... the beef to be with Kanye, hundred well, yeah. percent. It's too late now. Yeah, yeah he's got a whole nother beast. Yeah, yeah, he done fucked up. Kanye just got he got the muscle. Like at this point, Kanye can pop as much shit as he want. Kanye at this point is Leo Rush, and Pusha T is Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Okay. Like, Fair he, like Kanye's just gonna chirp from the sidelines, and but. At the end of the day, you got to get busy with the guy who's the muscle. And Drake Drake wants none of that at all. Um, the last thing to touch on in this whole Drake and Pusha beef, fair or foul that, let's hypothetically say, uh, Pusha T is telling the truth and it came from 40 pillow talking with one of his random chicks. Fair or foul on the pillow talking excuse. Is that a viable thing to be like, you know what? I didn't tell him directly I'm absolved of any wrongdoing here. Hell no. Listen. You get the blame for pillow talking? Fuck yeah. Like, especially if it's a broad, like, if it's if it's just a broad that you can't trust, or if it's a broad that you barely know, look, man, once you get to a certain level in life, you gotta know what you're dealing with. And you gotta know that stories about you and the people that you are around are more interesting than any stories that she possibly has in her entire fucking life. <laughs> so if you're telling her anything that has to do about your personal life or your man's personal life and it gets out there, that's your fault. Who, why is she going to hold that secret? Unless you put a ring on it. And even then, I don't even know if you can trust the broad. But be careful, man. Like for him to, to, to cough that one up. Yo, that's a fumble on the goal line like that. Like you got to get taken out the game for that. You gotta <laughs> got benched momentarily. I, I feel like Drake really can't like. Well, he's not going to, like, blame 40 or actually even probably believe it because um, their bond is, like, just of that nature. But if it is true, I feel like there's circumstances that might, you know, be like, okay. Like, what if he's chilling in bed and Drake was like, yo, what up? Oh, she's like, who's this? Drake's calling me. He's like, oh, she's all hyping shit. He's like, what up? Nope. What are you doing? And then Drake's like, oh, no, I just, you know, chilling, picked up my son right now, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, yo, I'm still trying to see my son overseas, all this shit. But he's like, yeah, man, I hope, you know, this shit with your son works out, blah, blah, blah. Hangs up the call. She don't say nothing. They go back to Netflixing and chilling. And she just harboring inside like, ooh, Drake has a son. No one knows this shit. Dog, there's no passes for this. There's none. (laughs) I feel like like, shit like that happens every now and then. It probably, maybe it happens to you, but not me. Like, if if I have something. Oh, no, no, I mean, I don't. I had a stiff rule with women weren't even allowed to stay the night. Why is she staying the night? Like, there is no pillow talking if you can't hit the pillow, ma. Like, we, we in, we out. You go. That's, that's my point. Like, look, again, if I'm friends with somebody who's got a lot more to lose in this broad, and I have her dirty, and I have and I have his dirty little secret, or his, not even if it's a dirty, it's his secret, it's his business. Don't tell her if you don't want it to get out there. Like, she has nothing to lose by telling somebody else. Like, all she's going to do is, like, like, why, like, why tell her in the first place? Yeah, that's most women. They, I mean, I'm not 
I don't per se, like I've never been into the pillow talking joint. Like I'm not going to cuddle up and tell you my life secrets or my life stories just because we, you know, we chilling here hunching, as they would say. Now. So like, nah, like I ain't telling you everything. You don't need to know everything. Like I was damn near like Tommy from Martin. People like, yo, where you work? I, I write. I'm a journalist. That was the end of the discussion. Like I ain't tell nobody anything outside of it. Like, so I understand, you know, the no pillow talking ways of life. But I feel like there's other ways that shit could just slip out. And Forty's just like, oops. Got to be more careful than that. Your job is to be responsible. Especially when you aren't the star and your man is. You got to chill. Yeah, so that's that's crazy. Um, and the fact that Pusha T says he can find a chick that Forty was randomly just laid up with. Like, how, how the hell are you digging that deep? So I don't believe Pusha T in, in the least bit. I just think he's trying to uh, save face with Kanye and pull a heel move. It's, you know, you got to split the tag team every now and then. Make them vulnerable. Um, so that's the the Drake craziness. And now to combat sports, which is what we're here to do. And the big news there, so happens to be very close to you, Drake. The zone signs Canelo Alvarez. And you know what? You you always hold this shit close to the vest. You act like we don't got a group chat. Can't text me. I'm surprised like the rest of the world. And shit, I gotta find out on Twitter. You probably been harboring this for like a week. Um, how did this all go down? Look at you. You're the inside source. I'm interviewing you now. So, how did this come about? I mean, as soon as... <laughs> I mean, I'll keep it really simple. As soon as the deal with HBO was done, uh, there was talks about where... Go- like, I said it on Twitter, but I didn't know how far I was getting at this point. Because, I like, full disclaimer, over at The Zone... In sporting news, they try to keep certain things from me because, like, there have been things that have been told to me that weren't true. And even though I knew that they weren't going to end up being true, it, it would have benefited me better by not knowing the shit at all. Like, there's just internal things. And I, anybody who works in any company or any industry knows this, that there are certain things that you just want to divide it, especially on the journalism side of things. Because once I know, I can't report it because I've been told. Right. Yeah. So so with this, as soon as HBO was done, which is something I knew in advance before they put out that press release, um, I knew it was going to be a Wild Wild West going after Canelo because Golden Boy no longer had a home. I also knew that we were in talks with other fighters whose names I won't disclose here. But as soon as Canelo became an opportunity, I knew for a fact that they were going after Canelo first. Wasn't sure how they would get it done. And I didn't know that the deal would, like, I had an idea, but I didn't know the deal was done until yesterday morning. I didn't know it was done, but I knew it was happening. So, And did you guys have to wait to break that? Because I saw, um, yeah. I saw even, which is weird, other media outlets, quote unquote, scooped you guys to it. Well, that again, that's the issue with being in the position that I'm, I'm at, because once I know I'm not allowed to dig, I can't report, I, just, I know, and I can't put that shit out there. And it's also like company mandate for us to have a press release, company mandate to have a day that we're going to release it. Exactly. That doesn't, it doesn't stop other journalists from doing their job. Like, we don't know who the leak was. Like, we have no clue. But we knew people were poking around. And I had said it, you know, I, like, I, we had our conference, and I was like, uh, this is going to get out there before, like, if, if 
if it's out here, if it's kind of out here now, because I think Keith Eidig from Boxing Scene reported that Canelo Fielding was going to be on the zone. And I was like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, it's over. Yeah, that was talking. two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's over. Somebody's talking. And but we couldn't say anything like there was nothing we could do. We had to wait because today was the press conference. We had to wait for to make that announcement. Meanwhile, Ioli, Coppinger, all those guys are doing their digging and whoever their source is, put it out there. Like it's for people who don't know, boxing journalism is the wild, wild west. It's never been <laughs> my business to break news. Like I'm just not that guy. Like I, I, I storytell. I don't break news because I don't like being on the phone all the time. I don't like bothering people. So frankly, I don't give a shit. Other people, <laughs> they could do that all day. Like they can get on phones, talk to people. Ariel Hawani, my yeah, I'm say MMA, boxing. Yeah. That but everyone is like a woge. Like NBA has one woge. We boxing MMA just has like ten. Yeah, so it's like th- these guys will do it. So whoever the source was got it out there. But you know, ultimately at the end of the day, it's like great. You know, people had the facts wrong. I, now I think it's even funnier because now I'm on a, on a different side of the business where when I'm privy to things and I know the facts that I'm seeing are wrong, like I, it's funny and I laugh and I, it, it, I kind of liken it to uh, Kaz who works with yeah. WWE. I'm gonna now. say that's what Kaz said. But yeah, like he looks at the dirt and he's like, well, what the fuck? Like, you're, this is totally wrong. <laughs> so, like, I, I was seeing reports and people were like, they can't, like, Dan Raphael said, we well, we, the zone couldn't perfor- uh, afford Canelo. And I was like, that's bullshit. I knew we could afford Canelo. It was just a matter of what we were going to pay and how we were going to handle the return. Because the business is like this. We, there's money to spend. And people are like, well, there's no way you're going to make it back with subscriptions. That's not the end game. Like, Canelo's not the end game. Canelo's the way to get everybody on board. Like, people are like, if you go back to the WWE Network, when they went to the uh, the model of broadcasting all their pay-per-views on the network, people thought it was a bad idea. But ultimately, it's a good idea because that's how you get subscribers. Yeah. Like, we have, DAZN now has the number one attraction in boxing stateside, which is Canelo, and the number one attraction overseas, which is Anthony Joshua. I think we're in a pretty good place. So, you know, um, amongst other sports, you still got Bellator. You still have. Yeah. I just found out you guys had soccer. Yeah, well, well, yeah, we've been had soccer. So we have we have Bellator soccer, combate. We even got weird shit like fucking darts and cricket. Like you can watch all this shit on the zone. And uh, I'll tell you this without revealing anything else. We're not done. The company is not done. And uh, so, yeah, man, Canelo, three hundred thirty six million dollars, uh, 11 fights, five years. And they'll all be streamed live on the zone, which so, is crazy because it's half of Mayweather's contract that he signed at Showtime. So people are like, it's astronomical and it's a lot of money, but that's half of what Mayweather was getting. Well, Mayweather's was a two hundred million dollar deal with an upside, so he ended up running out at sixty mil a fight. Well, there was there was an upside. There's no upside for Canelo because there's no pay per views to sell. Well, I re- so this- I read a report that said there's an upside, like depending on like subscribe subscriber numbers. <laughs> He can hit yeah. certain like benchmarks to up it. Well, I'm glad you read the report, but I worked there. So, no, I'm just I'm just asking. Listen, I'm just saying. I'm just we're saying. bouncing back and forth. There, there's, there's. He has the richest deal in sports today. Canelo does. So how do? Okay, with that being said, Anthony Joshua has those little contingents where where he can have an upside, right? Because that's he's how he gets too. to the to the fifty. Million, well, they just paid him a shit ton. He was on his own. Exactly, but no, you also have to understand. Like Anthony Joshua's pay per view overseas. Okay, so gotcha. yeah, so he so had the zone normal contract style type shit here, but he still gets pay per view points there. 
Yeah, because the, like the zone, for those who don't know, there's the zone is is it came to the states relatively late. Like there's the zone Europe, the zone Japan. Like the zone Japan has like WWE, right? But we don't have the state side doesn't have the rights to WWE. The zone is huge, and it's like you know in Canada they have the NFL. Um, so every every state, every country is different where the zone is located. So. Here, we broadcast Joshua for free because American audience needs to see Anthony Joshua. But everywhere else, that shit ain't free. They got to pay for it. So that's where Anthony Joshua is getting his money from. Gotcha. Interesting. So theoretically, Canelo can make, like, Mexican pay-per-view points. Yeah. Like, there's ways, like, I'm sure there's, like, some small minor detail about him making money on subscribers. But trust me, it's not going to be something that's going to push him into, like, $500 million. No, it's not a bad deal, then. I mean, but you, yeah. you're, you're blowing the bank on two people. It's not a bad deal. No, and again, we're not finished, man. Like, there's there's other fighters that, that have been in talks with. So, uh, yeah, the game is changing. The game is absolutely changing. And I, I like it, man. It's, uh, it's kind of weird because it is that, like, you know, HBO versus Showtime dynamic kind of to it. Um, where now it's like The Zone versus PBC. Yeah. Um, even it, though Top Rank has ESPN. But, I mean, I it's mean, still, like, very segregated in that aspect. Yeah, like, the other thing that people may not have been paying attention to is one of the big points is we didn't just get Canelo. We got Golden Boy. So it's not like we just have one guy. We have David Lemieux. We have all those guys are going to be fighting on the zone. Like, Golden Boy's roster. On top of that, because – the zone has been in need of shoulder programming, things that you can watch when you're not watching a fight. Mm-hmm. We have the entire Golden Boy library, including every single one of Oscar De La Hoya's fights and including some of the shit that Golden Boy's already produced. So, Is that some Mayweather stuff too or no? Um, I'm pretty sure like De La Hoya and Mayweather is part of that. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, we've acquired the entire library. So it's like... And I, me personally, I've, I've said it before, like, I'm not a, really a guy who necessarily goes back to watch a fight, but there are things that I'll go back and, like, I wouldn't mind going back and watching for, uh, Fernando Vargas and, uh, and Oscar De La Hoya or Oscar De La Hoya, Ike Corte. Like, some of those fights are really good, but yeah. th- there's other things <coughs> that come to this deal. So it's like, now you're going to see a lot of Golden Boy fighters on the zone, Diego De La Hoya, some of the young stars. So, yeah, man, it's like, we got, I mean, we're a hub for boxing. So, if you cut HBO, you get the zone. You know, there's only the zone, Showtime, and now ESPN. And ESPN, I mean, they're doing their thing too. I mean, they got Terrence Crawford, which we'll talk about in a minute. So there's people are upset, but it's like if you're not paying two hundred dollars for cable, what are you mad about paying ten dollars for a service for? Yeah, I mean it. It evens out. You still got to pay for your Wi-Fi, but I mean it, it evens out. And the best thing about it is that you can kind of just share the password. So if you're cheap, you get the zone. Someone else gets ESPN Plus and. Just have a ball. Go, uh, you know, just halves on it. You guys both have it. Um, before we move on to the Crawford fight, one thing, and it's just something I'm keeping my eye on with the zone. You don't have to comment. You could comment. But looking at the roster and looking at uh, who's still a free agent out there and people who are possible targets, I am sure, and that weight class, is it possible to see uh, another Super Six style tournament per se develop under the zone? Because I feel like that that one sixty one sixty eight territory, uh, you guys are kind of trying to corner the market. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and I, I'm being honest, I really don't know. But I feel like at this point that we have, we have 
Andrade, well, Demetrius Andrade, Canelo, um, David Lemieux. Like, it's possible. Like, it's Jacobs? Yeah, Danny J. I mean, Danny Jacobs is, it will, seems like it's inevitable because so that's a match four. Yeah, like, I mean, like, you're, you're getting there to have yeah. four of the top, you know, outside of Charlo, like, yeah. pretty much got the division, damn it. Kind of feel bad for Charlo because he re- now he really has nobody to fight. <laughs> no, 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 he's just left out there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting, man, because you know we have the World Boxing Super Series as well, um, which is you know the, we have the cruiserweights and uh, then we got the lightweights, which actually starts next week with Regis Pagrice. So there's there's a lot going on, man. And, you know, the, again, there's things that I haven't been told yet. So stay tuned because shit's popping. That's dope. Uh, let's talk about Bud. So, Bud, setting records on ESPN. Um, second best ESPN boxing um, telecast, I believe, behind Pacquiao, uh, Pacquiao Horn, or Pacquiao Loss, uh, yep. which is great numbers, did over a two rating uh, on cable, which, I mean, that's shit. For a boxing event, like, we look at stuff like that and be like, oh, that's a horrible Monday Night Raw. But for a boxing event, they're beating out the MLB Beating out hockey, you know, the first, what, first week of hockey, MLB playoffs. Like, you're beating some good stuff. It was a competitive Saturday. Think about college football playing. Tons of uh, MLB baseball, postseason action. And then the fight was kind of just tucked in there. But I know a lot of people. I saw a lot of people on my timeline. My dad watched. My uncle, my mom and grandma in Puerto Rico. Everybody hit me. Everyone was watching the Crawford fight. And I didn't know Bud was that type of draw. But is he turning into that big star that really top rank is desperate for right now? I mean, if it's free, of course. I think that's the thing that people forget. It's like the the reason why people don't watch a lot of boxing is because it costs money. And when you put boxing on free TV, like we got to remember, Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia did a huge rating. Uh, Sean Porter, Keith Thurman did a huge rating when it was on Fox, right? Yeah. Like when, if there's fights on, and there's you have nothing to do, you're gonna watch a fight because you're curious. So guys like Terence Crawford, you keep hearing about them. So if it's on free TV, why wouldn't you watch it? Because everybody likes a good fight. Like the the difference between boxing and, and other sports is that you know you don't get to see boxing as much because of the pay per view model. But now you get Crawford for free, so you're gonna watch it. And people watch it, and they and it was a great fight. They liked what they saw. And it helps build stars. Like before Mayweather, De La Hoya, you had a thing called like Tuesday night fights and Friday night fights. You have USA, you know, USA uh, Network had their fights. Mm-hmm. So you got to see like Mayweather on free TV and, and Gotti versus Ward was on ESPN. So when you have those opportunities, that's how you build a star. And I think that's what people are figuring out. Like people wonder why Canelo is going to be on free television. Dude, it's only going to build him even more. Like, so in the case of Crawford, if you want to build a big star, you put him on ESPN. You don't need to put him on pay-per-view. And it, su- it kind of sucks for him because he really has nobody else to, to fight. Like, if you look at what's next, which we'll talk about, the line is very thin. Yeah. But uh, the fact is, is that people want to see him fight. And it, it's beneficial for everybody if you get to see these guys fight. And it helps boxing a lot. So it helps with these untold stories. And uh, I, that's kind of where we're at, man. Like, people want to see these guys fight. Yeah, I mean, Bud puts on a hell of a show, right? That was one hell of a show. That was a good boxing match. Uh, I, I thought, you know, for both guys, but Bud, like you predicted, wore him down. Yeah. And I said it would go to the decision. 
And I was damn near close. Yeah, you were close. But were close. <laughs> but then he took his head off. Um, and like you said, when, when Bud is angry, when Bud turns it on, that killer instinct is as good as anyone in boxing. Yeah, Nasty Bud is, uh, and that's what they should start calling him, Nasty Bud. Because when he <laughs> when he gets in that mode, dude, he's one of the best finishers in boxing. And he's I feel dope. like it's fueled by his mom. Like he Might looks be. over to his mom and she just gives him like the finish him sign, like she's Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat, and he just fucking goes nuts. Yeah, uh, Bud Crawford is a frightening guy, man. He's Miss not, Deborah, not, she needs yeah. a show. No, she doesn't. <laughs> yeah, we need we need more Miss Deborah. Put no. her on TV. I'm okay with that, with having a show about death. <laughs> no, I'm cool. That's like Keisha Cole's mom. No, thank you. I don't need Frankie. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah it, it, it's, it's, it's Crawford. is Like, he's that good, man. It, we, we watched what he did. He beat an undefeated young guy. I wish Benavidez didn't take this fight. I know he's kind of pushing to a corner. But if people know he, like, he, he just got a shot in his leg last year. Well, two years ago. And was out. Had to recover. Took two fights against relatively no names, um, won those fights, and then he's thrown in the Crawford fight. He's only 26. I would like to see him get you know a few more fights under his belt, but alas, he had his opportunity. Hopefully, he grows from it because I think Benavides, just like his cocaine snorting brother, are really good fighters. <laughs> As we see in combat sports, cocaine snorting doesn't really mean that you diminish in skill. So, no. uh, what's next for Bud? That that's the big question. So we have. Oh, so it's kind of like Charlo is in the 160-pound division in middleweight. Like, we now have this with Bud at welterweight. It's what's next? We we have reports of Manny Pacquiao, you know, nope. getting close to signing. No, not for Bud, but getting close to signing a deal um, with PBC and possibly taking on uh, Adrian Broner. And I think those two were options for Bud Crawford. Like, Broner, to me, is a guy I think PBC would have loaned out to take an ass whooping, uh, one of the few on their roster. And I think Pacquiao, when, you know, he was fucking with Aaron, was an option. Now those two are off the table. I don't know who else he fights. It's it's thin. Like, uh, until you really get into the position of Errol Spence or Keith Thurman coming back or someone just washing through the divisions on the PBC side, collecting all the belts and saying, okay, you're the you're the last man on the gauntlet. I feel like he just has to sit and wait and just knock people out. Yeah, his next fight is not going to be fun for a lot of people. Sorry, guys. He's going to end up fighting either Mean Machine, um, who is uh, I can't even say his name. It's ridiculous. It's, it should be like a billion points of scrabble. Um, but he's a <laughs> Lithuanian dude. He's twenty and zero with sixteen knockouts. Um, he beat Juan Carlos Abreu back in I think July. Um, so, but he's relatively untested. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, it's either him or Alexander Besputin, who is 11-0 with nine knockouts. Those are only really two guys the top rank has for him. The fight that I personally would like to see, because he's not signed to PBC, is Mikey Garcia, Terrence Crawford. Garcia is a Al Heyman-advised fighter, but he's not tied to PBC. Granted, he's fighting uh, uh, Richard Kami in January, more than likely, probably in Vegas. But I think if, since Garcia can't get Errol Spence... And he's looking for a big fight. It makes sense to put him in there with Bud Crawford. That'd be a huge fight. Yeah, but, um, but then Mikey got to go back and work with Aaron. Yeah, he does, but I mean, look, man, if you're trying to get, either you're going to get the big fights or you're not. And if that's a big fight, and it's going to probably pay you a lot of money because you're not getting Errol Spence. 
Like, it's just not happening. Arrow's busy trying to clean out the welterweight division. Mikey really has nothing to do. It's either fight. <laughs> like, if you look where he's at, he beat Robert Easter, right? So he's kind of too small to be at 147. He's yeah. already beat Adrian Broner. So who's left? Who's left sub-147 that he could fight? I feel like everyone moved up. But that, that's, that's my point. It's like there's really nobody for him to fight at this particular time. So fight Bud Crawford. That, that's a, a challenge, one, and it makes you a lot of money, two. Fuck dealing with Bob Arum. Let Al Heyman deal with that shit. But that's the fight I personally want to see because neither of them have enough, anything to do. But wait for Errol Spence. And Errol Spence will probably fight Bud Crawford in 2020. Probably won't be fighting Marky Garcia. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that even in 2020. I mean, Spence can't do anything until eventually he fights uh, Keith Thurman. So that fight has to come first. Man, we don't even know if Keith Thurman wants to fight anymore. Yo, when so, was the last time Keith Thurman fought? Exactly. He's been out since he beat Danny Garcia. So it's been two years. did he just years. break his hand? Like, what, what was going yes, on? Yes, he was supposed to come back and he broke his hand. But you can't. Like, you can't rely on Keith for anything at this particular time. So you got to move on. So it's like the boxing world's got to move on without Keith Thurman. I ain't nobody really think about Keith. Yes, I'm thinking about Keith. Like, he needs to do something. March 2017. Yeah, he's approaching two years without yeah. a fight. And before then, he was fighting once a year. Exactly. That, that's not good. Three, what, he has three fights in the past three and a half years. That's not horrible. A, and everyone else a, is making money. And he's just sitting there doing nothing. So that that's wild. Um, but that's the boxing world right now. Pretty much, you, you sure you don't want to touch on Floyd Mayweather versus Khabib? No, man. I don't sure? Okay, okay. all right. You know, just in case. Never say never. <laughs> we know, I mean, the point is, like, if, if Floyd's going to take a fight, it's going to be against Manny Pacquiao. It's not going to be against no goddamn Khabib and the Megan Yeah. Do you think Manny fights in the U.S. again? Real quick. If yes. he fights Floyd. Yes, absolutely. Al Heyman will pay his tax debt. He will fight in the U.S. <laughs> Al Heyman's just going to put on the books. Yeah, like, he, dude, if he fights Broner, that's that's probably pay-per-view stateside. Oh, easily. So, yeah, he fights in the States. He, like, if he fights Broner, he's fighting in Vegas. Count on it. Mm. Hey, listen, I'm there for it. Uh, let's touch on MMA. Real quick, another... I guess cast I saw on the zone um, this weekend because I didn't get to watch it live was uh, Fedor yeah. and Fedor came through and unsurprisingly just watched Chael Sonnen. Who doesn't watch Chael Sonnen these days? A lot of people. Rampage Jackson. Well, that's one guy. <laughs> like I mean, Chael had to get to this point, right? There I think this is the semis. There wasn't really very many uh, paths to victory for Chael Sonnen against Fedor. No, no. Um, so Fedor did what he had to do, and now we have Fedor versus Ryan Bader as a heavyweight final. Is there any chance that Fedor Emelianenko is the champion in 2019? Yes. There's a huge chance. What? Uh, yeah. Like, dude. It's 2019, Dre. I, oh, and I guess he's not. Yeah, that's next year. Why wouldn't he be? Because like Fedor champion in 2019 is not... If you told someone, in any promotion, if you told someone that three years ago, they laugh in your face. Yeah, well, this is Bellator, and, I mean, Ryan Bader is in the finals. A light heavyweight. 
So, yeah. Daniel Cormier is a light heavyweight, and he's the champion of the UFC's yeah. heavyweight division. But the difference between, like, Daniel Cormier and Ryan Bader is Daniel Cormier fought at heavyweight. Ryan Bader was – he, like, if you think about it, Ryan Bader left the UFC kind of getting washed out. He got submitted by Tito Ortiz, which is old news, I know. But he got knocked out by Glover Teixeira, and then he was out. See you later. That like, was his last fight? No, he had a win against somebody and then called out Cormier. Didn't get that fight and ended up in Bellator. Oh, he left so, on two wins. But he actually had a good run to leave. He uh, beat Ovin St. Peru, beat Phil Davis, beat Rashad Evans, got knocked the hell out by Rumble. Dirty. Right. And then beat Alir Latifi, who's ranked fourth in the UFC's division now, and oh, knocked him out with a knee. And beat Noguera. No, no. Yeah, that's not a... I mean, again, that's a resume that you look at and be like, yeah, okay, whatever. Because it's not really that special. It's... Come on, Latifi? Really? Like, the light heavyweight division is weaker than it's ever been. 26-5 and so, five is one hell of a record, though. Then King, good... King Mo, Matt Mitrione, Phil Davis again. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he's had a nice little look, run. He he could lose to Fedor. I don't think he will. I think Bader will beat Fedor, but Fedor he still has power in that right hand, as we saw. Oh yeah. And, he's, and look, Fedor just beat you know he beat Frank Mir, he beat Chael Sonnen. You know maybe Stella's getting a groove back, so Fedor could be the champion in 2019. I wouldn't. I would not be surprised. Do I you think be. it's a huge card for Bellator? Would you stack that card? Because uh, they didn't really stack the cards this weekend. Yeah, I mean, they really didn't have to, but uh, yeah, I guess it could be. I mean, Bellator's business model now is, like, they, they put on pretty heavy cards. They put a lot of talent on their cards. So I wouldn't be surprised if they went that route um, to stack the card. But, um, you know, obviously we got the welterweight Grand Prix still going on. They can start there. Uh, you still got MVP's fight against Paul Daly, which is part of the welterweight Grand Prix, of course. So they could, I mean, they could stack the deck. But I don't think you really need to. But they don't really put together weak cards. Like, Bellator actually puts on pretty good cards. Oh, yeah. No, routinely. This weekend. But they, they go all out. Like, the, the Roy McDonald card was crazy. Yeah, that was a good card. And they do that, like, I'd say once every three months. They really just go all out to stack a card. Just interesting to see if this will be one of them. Like, if you tell me Fedor is going to fight in the U.K., and, you know, this, him and Bader will be the main event. And on the co-main, you get Daly versus MVP. You're printing money. Yeah. Like and they could the go UK that route. With the fight fans who are just nuts anyway for fights, like you explained on the podcast. So it's interesting to see, like, this dynamic and, and how they book everything and build everything around it. And if they give this one, and, you know, they love having one old old folks match headline, and then just have a stacked card of prospects underneath and legit fights. And it's, so. it's a good way to build it. I'm curious because I, I keep saying it's like WCW with the Cruiserweights. So when WCW yeah. had all the old fogies, it, meanwhile, they were building guys like Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit. You had the Cruiserweights, like Mysterio, Psychosis. Like, that was the bread and butter of WCW. Like, but they casual, never moved them into the main event. That was always the problem. So if Bellator doesn't follow those mistakes... Bellator could be in a really good position in the next two years. Uh, with the UFC continuing to falter, uh, they, they could find themselves in a great spot. But, you know, it's a lot of work to be done. 
those guys got to keep winning also. Yeah, but they have talented, you know, definitely talented roster. Uh, the Pico kid is incredible. Yeah, definitely. And, and isn't there a welterweight that came through, like a wrestling welterweight who's like a blue chip? I mean, there's, I mean, you have, well, AJ McKee is, is the same division as uh, Aaron Pico. Um, and you've got, um, Jesus Christ, why can't I think of his name? Uh, they signed a, like a couple. There's a light heavyweight I mean, wrestler from Penn State, right? There's, uh, God damn it, why can't I think of his name? Is it Ed West? Yeah. Ed Ruth. Ed Ruth. Ed Ruth. Ed there Ruth. you go. Jesus Christ. Uh, and that's like, he's he's good. Like, Ed Ruth is really good. Um, he's not the favorite to win the tournament. I think MVP's still the favorite, but Ed Ruth is, he's a stud. Like, there's a, they got a lot of talent, Did man. you say so, MVP is the favorite to win the tournament? To a lot of people, yeah. Isn't Rory McDonald still in this tournament? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell no. The guy hasn't fought anyone. Okay. I mean, I'm not I'm not jumping him over Rory. Granted, I said for years, I'm not a fan of anyone in mixed martial arts. I just cover it, except for Rory McDonald. But still, but, I, objectively, I don't think he wins. But here's why I say, well, without, we, we'll end up touching on this some other time. But I think Rory's broken. Losing oh. to Gegard the way that he lost. Yeah. Like, Rory's going to beat Jake Shields. That's who he fights in the first round. But fighting another striker, and if that nose keeps getting hit, I don't know how much longer this guy can fight. We thought the same thing when he went to war with, uh, what's his face? Damn, Robbie, he smashed yes. his face in, Robbie. And then it happens again. That's my point. Like, he got, I mean, he didn't get, he didn't just lose to Gegard. He got dominated by Gegard. That fight wasn't even fucking close. Yeah. It hurts your ego. And I mean, he went, like, he didn't stay for the post-fight presser. He went straight to the hospital because his face was busted up again. So at a certain point, your face is never really going to be the same again. So got to be kind of careful. So I don't, I, I'm not sure how much Rory really has left. That face has been taking a beating. No, I feel you. We'll see. That's going to be one hell of a tournament. Um, let's talk pro wrestling then. And we've kind of neglected pro wrestling for a couple of weeks. So real quick before we get into the WWE and all the WWE, Saudi Arabia, backlash and stuff that's dominating the headlines, um, New Japan had king of pro wrestling. Not too yes. long ago, and one hell of a card, and so many swerves. Uh, at this point, it's been two weeks. I'm assuming everyone who watches New Japan and listens this far into the podcast has already seen it and knows what we're talking about. But man, what a card it was! And you say it's not one of the. Isn't it a top three in New Japan this year? Because you said it was really good. I think it. I think it might have broken into the top three. Wrestle Kingdom. Um, shit, there was one more. I mean, it's G1 tough. Final? G1 Final was good. Um, Taku was really good. Like, they, like, New Japan has put on great shows. And I don't, I'm not looking it up right now, so couldn't and tell you. I skipped, um, all of the tag matches, even though there was a chaos one with Ishii, Goto, and Osprey versus Suzuki Gun, which seems like it'd be a fun match, but I didn't watch it. They, I mean, overall, it was a really, really strong show. So it's, it's, but that's kind of become part of the course with New Japan. And there's some weirdos out there that be like, "Oh, New Japan's not that good." Blah blah blah. No, it's, it's that good. Sorry, yeah, guys. Yeah, it really is. Um, we had Lij, uh, is Naito, um, Sonata, Bushi, uh, faced off against Chaos again, Yo and Show, uh, but where it really picked up, Evil. 
versus Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, in a singles match. <laughs> what singles match? Yeah. <laughs> Got wrecked. Right? Um, man, so that, that match never occurred. Yeah, because now, I mean, we are... <laughs> like, they're, they're setting the stage for Wrestle Kingdom, and now we kind of know, like... Is it like Jericho's gonna face evil at power struggle? It seems like. Yeah. Um, could this mean that we have Naito Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom? It's possible. I like that. I mean, run it back. Um and if Naito isn't in the main event picture, then yeah. Like he needs something that feels big still, you know? If it's not a title shot, he needs to still feel like he has a prominent place on the card. Um, then we have Kushida versus Marty Skrull. Man, wasn't their best match, but it was still really good. It so, was long for me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't their best match. It didn't quite hit the gears their previous matches hit. Um, and I like Kushida, but, uh, you know. He, Marty would have been a better champion. Like, it just it is what it is. I just, I don't know. I guess it's not Marty's time right now. For whatever reason, it's just not his time um, to be the Cruiserweight champ. So, you know, we'll see where he goes from here fine with it i'm not complaining about it like i enjoyed what i saw uh but yeah it wasn't like their greatest match but it was a good match and then we have tanahashi versus jay white i mean first and foremost that match was jay white's probably his best match one of his better ones definitely and then the swerve at the end was so well done (laughs) so getting into that jay white um who has aligned himself and we with with the manager of managers, right? Uh, so it's him and Ghetto, and you have the Booker. You have kind of the same guy who made the Rainmaker, the Rainmaker, Rainmaker on your side. And then it appears that Jay White is going to become the face of the Bullet Club OGs. Yeah, and, and I, it's a good role for him. It is, and that's the. I mean, the Bullet Club OG role is the role that you know made Finn Balor Finn Balor and that really helped AJ Styles when he stepped in and originally you know Kenny Omega was there until they kind of branched out and him and the Young Bucks kind of were the elite and took themselves out of that category really uh it's a little NWO versus NWO Wolfpack-ish but I like it and I think Jay White even though people call him Butter Knife online or you know stupid (laughs) nicknames I I like the Switchblade character I think he needed that character and for a guy who people just said, you know what, he can wrestle, but he had no character. It seemed like he was all character and lessened on wrestling. I think he's finding that perfect, perfect middle ground now. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, like, his matches still leave a lot to be desired a lot of the times. And it's very and it's very much in the same vein as Cody. Um, but the character work and linking with Gato is the right move to get this guy over. Uh, and I think it, it putting him with, uh, with a force like the Bullet Club, the OG Bullet Club, and it, yeah, it does tread a vain, very dangerous path. Because me personally, I hated the Wolfpack versus NWO angle. I fucking hated it. So, <laughs> Tomatonga is making this fun on Twitter, though. He really is making it fun on Twitter. So hopefully that they have some good matches um, and they don't beat the storyline to death. Because yeah. it, it can be a mistake if they don't handle this properly. Um, and we'll talk about the main event and then get back to Tomatonga's Twitter stuff. But Kenny Omega versus Cody versus Kota Ibushi in the main event. A three-year match for the heavyweight championship. And 
Lo and behold, look at it. Cody has a good match. I, I will say he wasn't just a seat filler. He wasn't just, okay, you two wrestle, give me a couple spots and let me hide off. He actually played his part. He furthered the storyline with both guys, had some great spots. To me, this was my favorite Cody match since he's been on the Indies. Yeah, no, this was an exceptional Cody match. It was, I mean, the triple death threat was well done to begin with. Like The, the way that they handled a lot of the, uh, the action was really good. The spots were good. Omega um, and Ibushi, obviously, playing on their friendship was great. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it ultimately cost Ibushi at the end. I mean, this is well done. I saw somebody on Twitter say that Kenny Omega's work has regressed. This no, I year. saw that too. I was like, "What?" And like, my argument, like, my argument to it is, okay, you know, maybe he's not having all five star matches, but what the fuck do you want? <laughs> like, that's <laughs> that's what the question becomes. Like, you it's can't like, get a couple four point fives. Like, what? Yeah, it's like he geez. set the bar that high now. Like, he still has. Great matches, and this was a great match. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you people sometimes. Yeah, yeah, great um, G1 matches. Uh, I mean, who who did he wrestle this year at Wrestle Kingdom? It was Jericho. Jericho. That yeah. was a great match with Jericho. And then he ran it back and finally beat Okada, which was, what, the best match we've ever seen, and that was this year. Exactly, and how do people say his work has regressed? Like, you don't regress. He gave us the best match I've ever seen in my life. Yes, people are, uh, whatever. Teach his own. Some people are just going to love the WWE, and you can have it. Um, Which but, is us. We still stick around, but you can yeah. love both. Like, I, I have my gripes and complaints, which we'll talk about here shortly for the last segment of the show. But, uh, you know, I'm a wrestling fan, and I enjoy good wrestling, and I enjoy the product that New Japan puts on. It is what it is. Yeah, it's great. Um, Tama Tonga talking about the WWE is constantly teasing on Twitter that the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are out and going back and going to the E and going to NXT. And it's hilarious. And he's just fueling the flames of internet rumors. I don't think it happens this year. I think they have one more year in them. Could be wrong. I think they eventually go, but I think they have one more year in them. They built so much on their own that it's hard to see them give uh, Vince McMahon the control of their own brand. Unless he just opens the purse strings. and It's very possible. That Saudi Arabian money is deep. Yeah, I mean, it comes a point in time, like, everybody looks out, no longer looks out for putting on great matches and just wants to make money. And if the Bucks are thrown the bag and they're at a point where... See, the, the other concern with the Bucks is this. They make a lot of money independently. And they work on their own schedule, more, more or less, yeah. right? To be on the road 300 days out of the year, I'm not necessarily sure that's what the Bucks want to do. But when does your pride kick in and say, you know what? Sooner or later, this is going to be over, and they don't know me. Like, when is it going to kick in when you notice, like, okay, our Japanese audience and people in the U.S. who are 30-plus know us, but the reason that Hulk Hogan's are forever remembered, the Rocks are forever remembered, the Stone Colds are forever remembered, is because kids know them. Is because those kids carry stories for 60, 70 years. And you're not forgotten. You're on cereal boxes. You're you're on toys. You're on this. You're on that. You're in front of your TV every single week. They're beating you over the head with these guys. Like AJ Styles now would be remembered forever. You can't beat that. And sooner or later, that has to hurt your ego. Well, so this is where it becomes about getting older. At a certain point, you stop giving a fuck about this shit. 
when you get older. No one, because... no one stops giving a fuck about legacy. I, oh, I mean, at, at the end oh, of the you. day, no. Like it, it's, the best yes, CFL quarterback for the NFL team called him up. Hall of Fame CFL career. He's not going to be like, nah, I'm good. I'm staying in much, CFL. You're going to go to much, NFL. Much different. And here's here's why. If you're the Bucks and you're making a lot of money, and the WWE gives you something that's kind of comparable to what you're making, you don't go. Because why would you? No, they got to blow you out of the park. Well, that, that's the point that I'm, I'm trying to make here. It's not about legacy anymore than it is about money. Because after you've wrestled across the world and you've done everything except to go to the WWE, the only reason that you would go to the WWE is to get the bag. Like, that's it. It's the, I don't think they sit at home going, man, it's about legacy. I think they go, man, it's about money. And then we, can establish, we, then we can establish our legacy, but you're going to have to pay us because of what we built. Like, when AJ, your kids, and I'll say this every time, when your kids and your Kevin Owens and your son gets to go to school, he says, my dad is Kevin Owens. And he says, my dad is on Monday Night Raw today and all his fucking friends at school, and his entire school freaks out. Or you pick him up and they be like, oh my God, AJ Styles, baseball team now. And kids are like, oh my God, that's AJ Styles. People run over to you and you feel that for your kids. You'd be like, listen, I'm a star. And my kids get to feel this, and I get to change their lives. And but he's, already, already, he's already changing his kids' lives. No, but he's not a star. Like he walks into his kids' but, high but school right cares. now. He walks through the mall and go to Hot Topics so, to buy so his own shirts. Here's the real question: Would you rather be at home with your kids, or would you rather be their their TV dad? Because that's what you're gonna do the moment that you decide to go to the WWE. They can go home and spend weeks at a time with their children and make a ton of money while doing it. The difference between AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, and the vast majority of the people that end up in the WWE, they didn't build a business outside of pro wrestling until the WWE came. The Bucks have built a business without the WWE. So now they could sit at home with their children and graze their children rather than being away 300 days a year and having their children go, I don't even know who daddy is. I know he's on TV. I mean, I understand. Like at at the end of the day, you when you get into that business, when you get into an entertainment business, music, films, whatever, it, it is a luxury to be able to be at home and be with your kids. But when you when you sign up and you're 20 and you're dreaming all this shit, you'll know and you you know what you signed up for, and you know sooner or later I might get to the point where I got to travel four days, five days out of a week. Sooner or later, it'll probably get to a point if I want to be the greatest at what I do. And we're arguing all the Bucks, the greatest tag team ever. And the only thing holding them back is that, yeah, they don't have that mainstream pop and appeal. They don't. And their shirts are great and all this stuff. And, and there's, yeah, there's Bullet Club shirts and they're a hot topic. And they're the best of the indies. But sooner or later, you got to go to the big show. And, and when you signed up to become a pro wrestler, you always knew this was a possibility. So you got to kiss your kids on the forehead and say, yo, for four years... Daddy's not going to be at home every day. You're wild for that because I would never. Like, I'm at the stage in my life right now, if I got to offer a, a lofty position at a place that's going to force me to wait, be away from my daughter for not much more be, to establish my legacy, no, I'm you, at a you point. you got to make or break the bank. I mean, you, no, you still no, have leverage. That, like, you got to make or break the bank. But you but still are doing it internally for legacy. You're not going to tell them that. You're not going to take the discount. But no, but that's my point. And it's it, like when you get into this business, like when I wanted to do journalism in my in my early 20s and I was excited and I wanted to be the best writer in the world and all this shit. My motivations have changed over the years. Like I want security more than anything else. Like I don't want legacy. 
And I think in the, in the sense of the, like, if I can get it, or I feel like I've done a lot of things that I wanted to do. And if I can get it without having to sacrifice myself, because here's the question, if the Bucks go to the WWE, does that really make them the best tag team in the world? Or do they get booked like shit and then get forgotten about? Like Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke's a champion. Bring up He's someone a, else. Bring up Gallows and Anderson. Wait, wait but you, like Shinsuke Nakamura is a U.S. champion who has failed three times of being the WWE champion. Listen, who, he wasn't getting who, the main who, belt who, in New Japan I, very often either. Wait, wait. He was, he, but when they when people saw him, they thought he was going to be a superstar. Yeah. He's barely a star right now. Okay, but he fell into the same spot he had in Japan. Just a lot more people notice it. But it's, people it's are not, just up in arms that Shinsuke is not the. The grand champion and all, which listen, I would love for him to be. But guess what? He wasn't that in New Japan either. He ran so, into his own version of Roman Reigns over there too. So, so the Bucks, who are in a relatively weak tag team division in the WWE, come over and get oh fuck that, fuck that. Not Shinsuke Nakamura. They get Oscar. You're not asking the elite. The elite is. Whatever are you the hell sure? no, Undisputed sure? Era is in NXT times three. Yes. Are, the elite the elite are AJ Styles. Where when you can't even on. try to bury him and then eventually he's your champion for a year. No, they don't get buried, they get booked poorly. There's a difference. It doesn't mean they got buried, but if you have another tag team like the Shield that you want to put over. And if the Bucks don't connect for whatever reason, like look, they could throw the bag at them, but my point is if they go to the WWE, it's for money. It's not for legacy. They're not doing this because they're like, oh, I want my kids to remember me in the WWE. Fuck that. They're rich. They've got money. And they have luxury. So if they go to the WWE, it's going to be because they got the bag thrown at them. I don't think it's going to be because I want to be on the road 300 days out of the year. They better get both. I mean, no matter what, reason, they better get the bag thrown at them because they have the leverage. But, but and more importantly, like, the Bucks aren't 30 anymore. They're not 25. They're older. Their bodies, I don't think... Well, one don't is like, 30. One is like 30 years old. Yeah. The other's well, like 35. But they, they've, they, the wear and tear that they've really had on their bodies, like, are, is the WWE going to let them wrestle their style mm, that made them no, great? No, you're not going to be a spot fest. It's going to be more New Japan Bucks, kind of, than ROH Bucks. ROH Bucks are just too goofy. I mean, but, but I'm saying, like, to do this 300 days out of the year... And be, to be away from home, put your body out there like that. Yeah, you got to get paid a lot. So I think it's money over legacy at this point. Do you I think they think go? Like if they get the back thrown at them, I think I think the WWE has to make a decision on how much do you really want to pay the young bucks because the young bucks aren't going to come cheap. Like I, AJ Styles, that's an easy get because AJ, you know, he's he's doing his thing in New Japan, but he didn't build a brand out. Like he's not selling shirts at fucking Hot Topic. Yeah, but now AJ Styles is a millionaire. He's one of the million dollar players. Now. Yeah, he got over. Like he's he's very talented, and he he's gotten over. But not everybody has that opportunity to get over. So you got you really have to pay them, you know, more than what they're worth, and hope that it works out. So I'm not entirely sure that the WWE is going to want to throw the bag at the Bucks. Like I know they want to get them, but at the cost of the young Bucks might ask for. And eh, to somewhere like I think they may eventually end up there, but you can't put them in NXT. They got to go straight to the main roster and you got to push them to the moon. But all that has to be outlined in the beginning. The Bucks, I don't think they come to the WWE under any other circumstances of maybe this, possibly that. No, I want to be millionaires now and we got to be at the main event now. Yeah, and I, and I think that's how it has to be, right? No, it doesn't. 
Clearly, like if, if they sign on, people. like you can't sign on to do shit else. Like you, you have to be a millionaire immediately. You can't take the five hundred thousand dollar deal and then just bank on. Oh, well, if we work out, you'll bump it up. Yeah, they're not. That's what I'm saying. They're not doing it. They're I can't not, find their net worth anywhere. By the way, I'm really interested in what it is. Yeah, then they're not. Everything that they've accomplished, yeah, they they could go to the WWE, but I just don't see them going because they want to establish legacy. They want to go to get paid. Well, I feel like a lot of people, I guess, want to get paid. I did find Kenny Omega's net worth, which is five hundred and sixty thousand. Well, where'd you find that at? Just in a random article online. It's like the richest uh, is the name of the website. Um, it's hard to find these guys' net worth, so it's not can't be wildly accurate, but it should be in the ballpark. Um, but even if he's like seven fifty, um, AJ Styles now I think on Forbes is six million. So you go to WWE, like you said, yeah, the, the money does get better, but I, I, it also increases that, man. It it gives you something a lot longer and further than New Japan. And it just it, it is how it is. Um, before we get out of here, a couple more things to talk about though. Uh, WWE Crown Jewel. They're, it looks like they're going through with it. We haven't heard shit else from it. They're Is this a it. mistake? Yeah, it's a mistake. But who cares? I don't think it hurts them. I, I think the money, in the end, they'll absorb any backlash they'll get. Yeah, like this it's, is a hor- so like, much money. Let's be clear. This is a horrible fucking idea. When the U.S. Senate is like, hey, man, you guys should probably not do this. <laughs> Yeah. So it's a horrible idea. Like, you know, you, you've ki- they've killed an American journalist. Horrible idea. And they admitted to it. Horrible idea. Yeah. But half the roster don't want to go. You, you, you got to remember who Vince McMahon is. Like, let's, let's, let's not act like Vince McMahon is not cool with Donald Trump. He's not cool with the Republican Party. Like, we got to know who Vince is. Like, Linda's not in the fucking cabinet. We know who they are. Yeah. So uh, is it a bad idea? Yeah. Will it affect their bottom line? No. no. I'm not going to stop watching it. No, me either. I mean, I'm, I'm not either. I didn't personally know the journalists, so I'm not cutting off my wrestling. But still, it does look like a horrible look for them, um, that everyone's saying that. But in this day and age, money talks. So they, they need that money. It's the reason why they can do everything else that they're planning. And they've booked horribly for the past month and a half just to get this money. They can't back up now. Oh, God. It, I mean, it dilutes WrestleMania. Like, this event dilutes WrestleMania. They all do. They're all horribly booked. WrestleMania like, doesn't even feel like WrestleMania. Look, dude, you got AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. You got a triple threat with Braun, Brock, and Roman. Like that, these are two WrestleMania main events that they're having in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, because people are paying. Shawn Michaels comes out of retirement. Tell me that's not a WrestleMania match against I mean, anyone. That's what I'm saying. Let's like you look at how this is booked. In the in the long run, it doesn't like WWE stays rich. But if you care about like the big event being the big event, it's really not anymore. It's just like like, the, the greatest Royal Rumble, it's, like, bigger than the, the Royal Rumble. It's, like, it dilutes everything, but it's their money. They're going to do what they want to do. Yep. So, the record for highest grossing uh, WrestleMania was WrestleMania 34. In, and this is according to Forbes. Uh, just this past year, $14.1 million they made from Gate and everything else. You know, not including the network and television, whatever it may be. Fourteen point one. This one event in Saudi Arabia is going to pay them 40 mil. Yeah. I mean, so Vince you, you, doing yeah, you book this like it's three WrestleManias. So, yeah, you get three WrestleMania main events because you're getting that amount of money. Yeah. I mean, you know they paid Sean a ton of money to come out of retirement. Oh, I know there's other. Sick like, money. 
before we get out of this, one other thing. This whole Bellas and Ronda Rousey thing. Um, I like the promos, all right? I'm not as hype as everyone else was about it. But it's cool. Yeah. Like, she's getting a little less awkward on the mic. Um, like I said, I really like her in-ring work. The, this was probably her best mic work. It seemed very scripted still, but it was better than her other stuff. She's learning. Um, but it's, it, I'm starting to have this fundamental issue with this, uh, what is it called, Evolution, the pay-per-view? Yes, yes. I mean, like, it's just because the women can't travel to Saudi Arabia. Well, yeah, of course. But, well, I mean, this was made to happen before the Saudi thing was yeah, even... Yeah, I mean, technically people said the Saudi thing was booked a long time ago, when the other one ended. Yeah, people whatever. calling November Saudi. But either way, like, this event called Evolution doesn't feel like an evolution when you start looking at the card. It's Ronda versus Nikki Bella, which is going to be the main event. Yeah. Has, has a potential to be a horrible match. Neither of them part of the women's revolution or whatever... It was. They, they didn't help resurrect anything. Let's continue. Alexa Bliss is in a high-profile match against Trish and Lita with her partner, Mickey James. Uh, and Alexa Bliss was on the bottom of the total pole in NXT when it came to the women. Yeah. yeah. Vince loves her, though. Where's Asuka? Women's Battle Royal. Where's Sasha? Where's Bailey? Sasha. Oh. Well, Sasha, Bailey, and uh, Natalia will go against uh, Riot Squad. Wow, great spot for them. Um, Charlotte Women. and Becky should be the main event. Yes, it should. But it's not. No. So I, I just feel like when I'm looking at this... And I I'm think Women's saying, Battle Royal, they get a chance at the title. So at least it has a stipulation now. whoop de do. It's not like the stupid um, guy's world championship or world tour or whatever the hell it is. The, the greatest in the world. Greatest in the world, which has nothing but Americans and Rey Mysterio. Makes no sense. But... um. You actually just, have a roster of people from around the world, and you don't use them. How dope would it be like to just represent your country and, and go through King of the Ring style? Yeah, Vince ain't thinking like that. Uh, he just made some shit up. But uh, <laughs> the Women's Evolution pay-per-view, like, while, yes, of course I'm going to watch it, and I'm not saying that the women are going back to being divas or anything like that, but we're, back, we're kind of backtracking and putting the wrong women up front. Like... And I get, look, look, and the thing is, is I get why Nikki and Ronda is the main event. It's like TMZ. Like, I get it. I get mm -hmm. what they're doing. But in terms of, like, the, the product that could happen out of this match, it could be complete shit. It, like, it could end up being bad. And it just feels like all the women that worked hard, the Sashas, the Baileys, the Oscars, um, the Ember Moons, like, they're all getting pushed back for Alexa Bliss? And Ronda Rousey. And Nikki Bella? And, yeah. like, I mean, look, man. Asuka lost to Carmelo, so Carmelo could do a six-second dance? Like, man. Dancing the jig with Vince. And, and, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, I, like, their little truth show, it's funny. But it just feels like the wrong women are getting pushed on the main roster. And it just feels like a main roster thing. With NXT talent, they come to the main roster, and they just get kind of booked very shittily. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think Vince necessarily cared. Him and Triple H, there, regardless of what you, anyone thinks or says, they have a very different way of looking at pro wrestling. They do. And like Vince, not that Vince's Trips is the NLB. He's not New Japan booking shit. He still has a lot of WWE in him. But him and Vince have very different ideas of how you make a star and what makes a star. And Vince has not adapted that philosophy. It's unfortunate. It sucks. It makes me yawn. Just like, like, I'm, like in, in the background, I'm watching SmackDown 1000, and I'm just like, all right, well, whatever. Um, 
like I, again, I'm not gonna stop watching the product, but uh, just there's just some things that happen, and I just be like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, it's not appointment viewing for me necessarily anymore. Um, man, that's our show though. We finally talked wrestling. I'm glad we got New Japan in there. It's uh, another busy week for us. Thank you guys for listening. We're gonna keep our ears to the streets, bring you guys more good content next week. More pro wrestling, more MMA, more boxing, more of whatever Twitter can dust up that we feel like talking about. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at the Corner LSN on all platforms. Me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. You guys will notice the new logo is up and out there. Uh, merch coming soon. I'm getting all the renderings and stuff back. Andres is also very deadpan about the merch game. But when you catch him around wearing that hoodie, he's going to be hype. So make sure you guys take a look for that. Um, I'm sure you guys come out and support us. That's how. That's the easiest way to support the podcast that we bring to you every week. It's just getting some merch, you know, posting on a timeline, making sure you spread the show and our message and make sure more people listen. So thanks, you guys. Till next week, we're out. Peace. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.